everyone. It's Cheryl and Tony. Welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. You need a thumbstick today? I don't know what happened. It looked like it was going to play and then it didn't. Technical issues. I guess. Well, we were recording on Sunday night and I would like to wish you a happy hot chocolate day. Is that what today is? It is. I didn't have a hot chocolate yet. We will after the show. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's start with the Disney Parks blog. They are talking about the Voices of Liberty. Um, looks like they're going to have a live performance um, on some streaming platforms. That is true. On the Disney Parks blog on December 15th, which is Tuesday uh, at 6.10 p.m. Eastern Time, the Voices of Liberty are going to be performing in the American Gardens Theater live, uh, and they will be dressed as the Dickens Carolers. Nice. So they'll be uh, uh, singing uh, Christmas tunes. Okay. Yeah. Um, then there's also going to be a virtual viewing of Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks. That's right. Uh, it's from last year, and it is the fireworks performance that usually happens during the uh, Very Merry Christmas Party. Mm-hmm. So that will be uh, available. Actually, it is available. It's already posted up on our page. Um, and that is actually streaming. If you're visiting the parks, you can watch that on Channel 74. Okay. Like, like we did. We did. But we were at Coronado Springs, and Coronado Springs seems to have some sort of an updated uh, television system. Right. So the interface there was really good. So that was – I don't think we actually went to that channel. I think there was um, like a subset of things that you could watch, and one of them was like fireworks and something else. Well, what I really liked is we were able to view it on demand – Right. If you're watching on Channel 74 at one of the resort hotels, the fireworks air at 6.30, 8.30, and 10.30, and the candlelight processional airs at 5, 7, and 9. Yeah, I mean, you got to catch it just right. Right. So that's kind of annoying. And you have no DVR in your room, so if you miss it, you can't uh, you can't watch it. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. The International Festival of the Holidays is coming up. No, it's happening now. Yes. yes. Sorry, getting confused. The International Festival of the Holidays is happening now. We actually were in Epcot and got to try some of the um, fun dishes. Uh, one of the ones that's very popular is the beef bourguignon. That's at what, the Yukon Pavilion? It is. It's at the Yukon Holiday Kitchen in the Canada Pavilion. All right. And uh, they have, under the hashtag Disney Magic Moments, they have shared the recipe with it on the Disney Parks blog as well as the recipe for the crushed red skin potatoes. So you think this sounds really good and you'd like to make it. I do. Um, Our daughter Isabel, every time we walked past that booth, like gagged a little bit because she hates the smell of cooking beef. Right. So she's going to have to leave the house, I think, when we make We'll do it on the night she's out. We'll send her to (laughs) Wendy's. Maybe we'll do it when she goes back to college. All right. All right. Um, Jordan Fisher, I don't know who he is, but he's somebody. Is it a guy? It is. Okay. He's a singer, actor, dancer. He's an all-around virtual entertainer. And newlywed. And newlywed, that's right. Um, he and his childhood love, Ellie Woods, uh, at the end of November, celebrated a Disney fairy tale wedding in the Magic Kingdom Park, uh, Fantasyland to be exact. Nice. And uh, they had to do that because their Aulani Disney wedding was canceled. Okay. So they asked them if they could arrange something in uh, Walt Disney World. So they were uh, married with Cinderella Castle in the background. Uh, They had outdoor nuptials with an intimate gathering of friends. And then they drove down Main Street on a vintage double-decker bus, uh, listening to the the melodies of Jordan's song, Happily Ever After, which he did record for the park's nighttime fireworks show. Aww. So he has a long association with the Disney 
uh, Disney Channel, Disney Parks, mm-hmm. Freeform, ABC. Okay. He won Dancing with the Stars a number of years ago. Uh, his music is played on Radio Disney. Uh, so he's had a long history with them. And, uh, you know, that's obviously a wedding that was made for uh, Disney. And I'm sure you'll you'll see Disney taking full uh, full advantage of that in advertising. You think it'll be on the blog story? Do you think it'll be on the Disney Fairy Tale Weddings show? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, over in California, the downtown Disney district uh, seems is going to be closed on Christmas Day. And that's good. Yeah. Uh, because cast members need a break. Absolutely. Um, so they will not be open. Uh, they're open, of course, on Christmas Eve and the day after Christmas, but they will not be open on Christmas Day. And I mean, really, you can only do shopping anyway. It's not like you could decide to go have your Christmas dinner there. Right. The dining locations recently had to close due to the stay-at-home order, uh, but you can shop. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's that. Okay. But they well, will be open on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Okay. Um, another thing going virtual, the Run Disney Star Wars Rival Run Weekend. That's right. Uh, due to the complexity of hosting an in-person race during the pandemic, Disney has made the decision to transition the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend for 2021 to a virtual event. Uh, it will return in 2022, but they say it will have a different theme. Uh, and that will be uh, stated in the days ahead. Uh, if you've already signed up for that race, you have the option for a full refund. Refunds will be issued on the same uh, form of payment. If you wish to virtually run it, you can convert it uh, into the virtual event registration through rundisney.com. Of course, runners will receive a medal for each distance. You can also get a race shirt. um, And uh, there are some openings that will be available uh, as of Tuesday, December 15th at 10 a.m. That will open. Okay. Um. In Disney World, on December 12th and 13th, which was just this weekend, um, all the parks were fully booked. Yeah, that uh, that does that hasn't happened much. Yeah, uh, since the parks have reopened, we've seen it happen in Orlando and uh, Universal, and we'll talk about that in in a couple stories. Um, but you know, there are three different levels of tickets. Uh, there's Disney Resort guests, annual pass holder, and then just theme park it theme park ticket holders, mm-hmm. um, all all four parks across all three categories had no park pass availability this past weekend. So I have to say that must makes me think that we were probably pretty close when we were there, yeah. pretty close to capacity. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense. It also brought to mind um, something we didn't mention when we were you know talking about our trip because you can't talk about everything. But when we were in Hollywood Studios, uh, we thought it would be fun to go over and do the Frozen sing-along. So they're they're at scheduled times. So it was about what five minutes before it was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. So we were like rushing before over. the five thirty performance, right? So we went rushing over because you know we wanted to make it, and there was just a few people standing in line, which was a little bit weird because you'd think that like they would have already been let you know let in. I don't know why there would be, still be people standing out there. Well, it turns out that those people were standing there waiting already for the six thirty show. Yeah, the five thirty show was full, and uh, you had to get in line and wait if you wanted to try to get into the next one. So things were busy yeah. when we were there. And so I'm, I'm thinking they were probably uh, close to capacity. Yep. All right. Um, Disney World has announced the park hours now through February 22nd. What do they look like? I mean, let's be clear here. It really doesn't matter. No. Because they're going to change them. Because what Like the day before. Right. What we found was uh, park times changed at least two or three times, uh, including you know, up to the week before it we was traveled. definitely, yeah, it was definitely within the week before we went away. Cause I didn't check them 
again within like a few days before we left. The, like they were why set. Why, why would we need check to? Them? Right. Right. And then the Magic Kingdom, which was supposed to be open until 10 p.m., ended up closing at 8 p.m. And one Hollywood of the parks studios. that was supposed to be open at 10 opened at 9 a.m. Yep. So it was just it was a very Kinda all over. Very off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, but for the weekend of February 21st through 27th, which might be a spring break weekend for uh, some folks, uh, that is a holiday weekend, uh, President's Day, uh, the Magic Kingdom will be open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., Epcot from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., Hollywood Studios from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Animal Kingdom from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. All right. Sound like good hours. We'll see what we end up with. All right. Um, they've been... We talked about this before, that they've been putting um, digital masks on the maskless on, um, ride, in ride photos. It seems that that's not happening anymore. Right. So this, I guess it was a test, and it was initially rolled out to Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin in the Magic Kingdom and Dinosaur in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, and after um, guest response and guest requests... Uh, they are no longer placing the enhanced photos uh, to digitally mask unmasked guests. Yeah. And one of the reasons was that the uh, adding the digital masks added processing time to the PhotoPass ride photos. Which, of course. I mean, of course it would. Right. So my thought on that is that they probably can't do them to every photo that comes through. But I'm guessing if you had like PhotoPass and you went and said, hey, I'm missing my picture from Splash Mountain, they go and they find it. They can see that the reason you're missing it is because people didn't have their masks on. And then maybe at that point they put these digital masks on. Um, We'll see, though. I hope that's what they do. All right. um, So it looks like over the weekend, the Crystal Palace reopened. Yes, the Crystal Palace is now reopened. Uh, hours are 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, actually, that's not true. That's the pre-COVID hours. Um, it is now open as a non-character dining venue, uh, and the meals are now served family style. You do get the choice of a non-alcoholic beverage with your meal. Are you ready for the pricing? Yes. This is without characters, but they do okay. have they do have a lovely, whimsical character topiary uh, featuring Pooh and Tigger. Uh, the price for Crystal Palace is $55 for adults and $36 for children. That does include sales tax, but not gratuity. Which meal is this for? Lunch or dinner? Lunch or dinner. Wow. $55. Yeah, but I mean, like, we went for pizza, right? For dinner. Right. And I think we each ordered a soda, except one of us got a water. So no alcohol. Um, we got a large pizza and a small pizza and a salad. And our bill, because does that conclude gratuity? That does not include gratuity. It does not include gratuity. Our bill was, what, $110 mm-hmm. or something before gratuity? Well, we're looking at Crystal Palace, a, a, a cost of $220. Yeah. For four people. Yeah. I mean, it's dinner. a lot. For a family-style dinner. And this is what their new temporary family-style menu consists of. For appetizers, you have home-style buttermilk and cheddar bacon biscuits, marinated watermelon and tomatoes, and seasonal salad. Okay. For your main course, you have blackened catfish and shrimp, brown sugar glazed bone-in pork chop, crispy fried chicken, fried roast, fire-roasted prime rib of beef, and southern fried cauliflower. Your dessert options are the family-style dessert platter with seasonal fritters, banana cream pie, hummingbird cake, and honey of a cupcake, or strawberry shortcake. And then uh, non-alcoholic drinks are included, but you have uh, alcoholic options of the house-made white sangria for $11 or the mimosa for $12. Yeah, that's pricey. 
it is for, for what, what they're is. offering. Yeah, that is a lot. I think you could, you could probably go to a place and order off the menu. I feel like I can get a, a better a better bargain, a better price. What yeah. did we pay at Fifties Prime Time? Hundred and six. But again, our kids are small eaters. Right. Uh, Isabel had a bowl of soup. Right. And did Lily have a kids meal? I believe she did. Yeah, I mean, my kids are not big eaters, so that tends to cut down on the cost. I mean, somebody else going with you know two teenagers would be looking at you know adult meals be, be you know being between like you know, 20 and $30 a piece. So. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. What's next? Where are we? Oh, wait, did I screw that up? No, I got that right. Okay. So uh, details have been released now for the International Festival of the Arts. That's right. The Taste of Epcot International Festival of the Arts 2021 presented by Advent Health. Oh, good Lord. No, it's not. I, oh. just, I added that on because <laughs> it's longer. Um, so they've released some details Uh, One of the highlights is the Voices of Liberty, who are getting a lot of attention these days, it seems like. And I think that's because they're pretty much one of the few live uh, entertainment options in the park right now. Right. Uh, They will be performing the American, I'm sorry, the Disney Songbook at the American Gardens Theater. The Disney Songbook is a celebration of the artistry of Disney composers and lyricists. They have also added a new food studio called the Vibrante and Vivido Food Studio, located between France and Morocco. It will feature a chilled seafood cocktail with octopus scallops, shrimp, black garlic aioli, tomato coconut sauce, and serrano lime oil, and blue corn pupusa. Oh, I love pupusa. Stuffed with cheese and topped with shredded pork, guajillo and arbol chili sauce, cabbage slaw, and aji amarillo crema. Mmm. All right. You make it sound delicious. I know. Well, because I'm delicious. (laughs) Uh, In the World Showplace, the art-defying gravity. Is it the World Showplace? World Showplace is that special building in oh, in between. Okay. Uh, it always sounds United like you're saying Kingdom something wrong. Gotcha. Yeah. In the World Showplace, uh, they will have two shows, The Art Defying Gravity and Visual Art in Performance. Art Defying Gravity is a spectacle of thrilling strength acts, while Visual Art in Performance is an artist painting Disney characters in a matter of minutes. That sounds cool. The Art Defying Gravity kind of sounds like those uh, people who balance on each other. Oh, I thought maybe the ribbons. Well, it's strength through... What did they say it was? Uh, thrilling strength acts. Yeah. Oh, maybe they just lift things. Uh, and then and then uh, they will also have the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine where guests use a passport to purchase five items and you will receive a complimentary treat. So kind of their version of the cookie stroll. Yeah, right. And then they will also have Figment's Brush with Masters, which is a scavenger hunt. Okay. So, so. what are the dates for the... Um, Festival of the Arts? You know, it's funny because they don't list the dates here, but I believe it's, it runs from January 8th through February 22nd. Okay. Maybe we'll get down there. Maybe. Okay. Cool. With or without Isabel, because I don't want her to without, get the beef burning No, meal. she'll be... That's what happens when you go to college and we spend all the money on you in college. You all don't right. get to come with us on vacation. Um, the Spice Road Table, that's in um, what, Morocco in Africa? It is. It is. Uh, they've reopened as a lounge featuring small plates. Yeah, if you remember, all of the Morocco pavilion has been taken over by Disney. Right. Uh, and they did just reopen Spice Road Table, and they are featuring Mediterranean small plates, or tapas. And they have both indoor and outdoor seating. Uh, their menu consists of not only the tapas-style food, but uh, wine, Mediterranean beer, and signature cocktails that are only available there. Would you like to know any of the menu? Uh, sure. Give me like, uh, give me the two drinks that sound the best. Well, you don't even know. 
and the two plates that sound the best? Uh, the ma- mahi arita, which is mahi of fig brandy, agave, lime juice, sumac, salt, and pomegranate seeds. Mm, okay. Uh, and then the Moroccan mule, which I just like the way that sounds, which is uh, figenza, fig vodka, ginger beer, agave, and lime. Mm, okay. I would try that. And okay. then they have uh, what's called Coke Classic for four twenty. Oh, nice. Yes. Is that the only drinks they have? <laughs> no, they've, oh, got okay. a, they've got a whole bunch of other. All right. Uh, and how about some uh, – they have a seafood dish? Uh, they have fried calamari. Okay. Which and I don't pick as being uh, Moroccan. I picture that more Italian. Well, maybe it has some sort of Moroccan sauce. But they do have dolmas, which are grape leaves stuffed with rice and herbs. Uh, they have a grilled lamb kefta. They have hummus fries. Uh, What's well, hummus fries? Talk hummus fries are served with citrus chipotle and preserved lemon. Okay. Uh, they have some non spreads, which are oh, yeah. uh, bread with spreads. That's yeah, delicious. This sounds good. Pomegranate chili crispy cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, spice road table sampler, which is uh, uh, lamb kefta tzatziki, spice chicken, and tiro piti akia. <laughs> Uh, they have some spiced chicken, spicy shrimp, and then the tiro pitakia, which is cheese-filled phyllo with cucumber tomato relish. All right. I might actually like that. I don't know. It depends what kind of cheese. I bet they put... Uh, oh. It's not Greek. Feta? I was going to say feta, but it's not Greek. No, Greeks and... That's Mediterranean. It must be very similar. Because, like, the whole... Yeah, lamb and the grape leaves, I feel like you're in the same, like, cuisine as Greek cuisine. Same family. Same yeah. genus. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, The DVC Villas are going to be getting some upgrades in 2021 and 2022, as they usually do. But um, obviously, they're focused on certain properties over others. So what have we got for the next couple of years? As uh, coming out of their condominium association meeting, Uh the Disney Vacation Club has revealed their updates for the next two years. Um, three resorts were received soft goods refreshes, which involve updating wall coverings, floor coverings, linen, and decor. Those refreshes will be happening at Aulani, um, the villas at the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian Villas and Bungalows, and Disney Beach Club Villas. Uh, the Polynesian Village Resort is also getting a large-scale refurbishment that is separate from the uh, Vacation Club Villas. Okay. And then in 2022... The Boulder Ridge Villas at the Wilderness Lodge, Disney's Hilton Head Island uh, Resort will both receive full refurbishments. And uh, through the summer of 2021, Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa is uh, in the midst of a full refurbishment that uh, should be done by this summer. So All right. lots of movement on the DVC front. Okay, very good. Um, Disney Cruise Line has suspended cruises uh, that are longer than seven nights through um, some dates June, some dates July. Yeah, this is interesting because they've already announced that they would uh, suspend all departures through February 28th of 2021. Uh, but they are now canceling cruises of seven nights or longer. And that is uh, based on updated guidance from the CDC. Mm-hmm. So the CDC says that they must cancel sailings longer than seven nights. I guess they just don't want people oh. uh, people out. Interesting. Uh, and then if you go to a full list of their sailings, um, you know, Disney has posted uh, dates through uh, on the Magic. There are some dates out through July 22nd uh, on the Wonder they're out through July 7th, and on the Magic, they have some dates through February, March, and May. Um, this doesn't really affect the Dream because the Dream does the short three- and four-night cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, uh, you know, so they have none of these additional seven-night 
or longer cruises uh, canceled. Okay. So just a handful when of cruises. When are we booked for? We're booked for February of I'm next sorry, year. January of 2022. Okay. And it's a shorter cruise, so we should be fine. And there is an agency trip in October. Hmm. That's short, though. That's short. That's okay. a three-nighter. All right. Um, in entertainment news, we have some um, updates on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so Disney+, Plus. you know, we mentioned the other day during the investors meeting that Disney, as of December 2nd, had hit 80, 86.8 uh, million paid subscribers uh, just a year after their debt. Disney had projected hitting 90 million subscribers in year four. Wow. So they are well above expectations. Yeah, but I mean, A, thank goodness, because right, it's like saving them. that's kind of what's them. carrying things right and now. And B, the reason, a huge part of the reason why they're doing so well, I think has to do with the fact that we're in a pandemic. Right. So people can't go on vacation. People can't really go to the movies. So they're perfectly happy to spend the fee to do Disney+. Plus. Right. It's a small price to pay to have a little bit more entertainment when you're sitting in your house all day. Yep. And that fee will be going up as of March 26th. The pricing will go up $1 to $7.99 a month. But, I mean, if you've got 90 million subscribers, you're making $90 million more per month by charging the yep. extra dollar. Yep. That's, uh, you know, that's over a billion dollars a year yeah. extra that you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. And I still think the price is fair for what you're getting just because they put they have so much content. Disney owns everything. Right. So there's so much on there. Right. And I love that, you know, a lot of it's like the older movies. It's not things aren't rotating out, which I hate about like Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, something gets put on there and then it's like, oh, it's going to be gone after such and such an amount of time. Well, I just want it there. Like once it's there, I just. I want to know that it's available there always, right. you know, that if I want to go watch a Christmas movie, I have a ton of Christmas movies to sit down mm-hmm. and, and go through. And that's been what it's what we've had now with Disney Plus. You know, you want to watch a Christmas movie. There's, you know, there's 30 Christmas movies at least on there. Right. And they're not going anywhere. Right. So I love that. Now, you know, they did um, they did announce they now have a partnership with uh, Comcast's Xfinity X1 and their Flex system. Uh, and you will be able to get the service directly on your set top beginning mm-hmm. in the first quarter of 2021. Um, I don't know. I think it's amazing. You know, that they were projecting 90 million by year four, and now they are saying potentially up to 260 million wow. by the end of year four. That's crazy. You know, they were hoping to catch Netflix at some point. Uh, and if this keeps up, they'll have caught Netflix within like four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, which, that's amazing. It is amazing. And like you said, you know, this streaming, you know, they've now modeled themselves after a streaming company with all the restructuring they've done in the past uh, few months. And this really could be what keeps their head above water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. And it, the thing is, it's because they own all of these movies. Netflix is, you know, paying royalties to whichever companies own the movies that they put on there. Right. Except, you know, they, they do have some of their own content. But, you know, most of it is borrowed. And so that's why they're on for a shorter period of time. Yeah. And Disney doesn't have to worry about any of that. Right. And they've noted that Disney is just about spending as much on their content now as Netflix is spending on their original content. Okay. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, So we have, uh, Cheryl mentioned that, you know, Disney pretty much owns everything. And two properties that they do own are Marvel and uh, Star Wars. So this is just a a little deeper dive into what happened the other day at the investors meeting. Uh, But WandaVision is going to premiere on January 15th. Uh, They did release a second trailer for that, 
We got the first trailer for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which begins streaming on March 19th. And it's interesting how these, um, you know, all kind of roll into one of each other, you know, one another. They're not they're not stacking these shows on top of each other or releasing them on top of each other. Uh, they're spacing them out. So you go directly from WandaVision into the Winter Soldier into Loki. So it's just a continual stream of, of new content. Um, Black Widow is going to be released right now, still to theaters only on May 7th. Um, and then Loki will begin streaming, as I mentioned, in May. Um, that also includes Owen Wilson, who has joined the cast. Uh, there's a trailer out for that as well. Um, what If, which is an animated series, it will be coming in 2021. And then Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, which is an, uh, a, a cinema film uh, you know, for theaters, has wrapped production in Australia, and that is scheduled to be released on July 9th. That is the first film in Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so, all exciting stuff. Uh, also, it was announced uh, that She-Hulk, uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo, will be joining the show as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. So, he'll be getting some time on uh, Disney+. Plus. Samuel L. Jackson will be in the Secret Invasion miniseries as Nick Fury. Uh, along with Talos, who was one of the Skrulls that we met in uh, the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, and then Don Cheadle, who is known as War Machine in the Marvel films, will be the main star of Armor Wars, uh, where uh, War Machine has to go back and get uh, his hands on a lot of uh, Tony Stark's armor going to the wrong people. So, all good stuff. And then over onto the Star Wars side of things... Uh, there's been some new insight into some of these new shows. Um, you know, we mentioned we have the new Ahsoka Tano show, um, and that is a spinoff from essentially The Mandalorian. Ahsoka Tano was in uh, an episode a few weeks ago. And it's there's also another spinoff called Rangers of the New Republic, which is coming out of that. Um, we did mention last week that Hayden Christensen will be joining... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi for that show, which begins production on March of 2021. Um, the Acolyte is uh, interesting because this is going to be the first Star Wars series that focuses on a member of the dark side. Um, so that will be coming, um, and that is the final days of the High Republic. Uh, a droid story, R2-D2 and C-3PO are getting their own shows. And uh, Taika Watiti, who is the director of the Thor films, uh, the last two Thor, well, the last Thor film and the next Thor film, Love and Thunder, he is currently writing a new Star Wars feature. Um, so that is good. And uh, that's what we have to look forward to in Star Wars and Marvel news. All right. Now I just have to wake up my wife. Yeah, I know. I do tend to fall asleep. Because she's uh, not only sleeping, but also Facebooking while. I'm not. Well, sort of. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Universal News. Um, we talked a little bit about Disney having hit capacity this past weekend, but that happens every weekend at Universal. It does. And they did reach capacity on the 5th and I'm sorry, on the 12th. Uh, and it was stated, uh, that the parks closed as of 1124 when they hit capacity and it was not anticipated that they would reopen. So I'm assuming that means that they do not take new guests after that point. It is only guests who um, have either entered the park already or who are on-site guests of uh, Universal Resort. Okay, very good. 
Um, and then Universal has debuted some plexiglass dividers on their water taxis. They have, following uh, suit with Disney. Uh, they now have uh, plexiglass dividers between each row of seats. Good. Yeah, it makes life a little bit easier. You can fit a few more people. Right. Um, they've also added some additional lockers at the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride. Yeah, that ride, if you've ever ridden it, it's kind of a nightmare to try to get into where the lockers are. Oh, There's yeah. no real space. You and can't social it's distance. Tiny. It's tight. It's tiny. Uh, but they did, uh, to the left of the ride, um, of the attraction, they actually built lockers into uh, Mountainside, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So uh, it's part of that big mountain yeah. that uh, Hogwarts sits on top of. Yeah. And this just allows you to store your stuff. And I, I think it's a good move because... It's trying, a good move regardless of COVID. Right. Trying to get in there when oh, the line was regular was, was just a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then also at Universal Orlando, they are now testing those touchless security scanners like they have in Disney. Yep. The Evolve scanners are going through testing now in the parking garage. Nice. Yeah. Everyone should have them everywhere. They are. They made things so much mm-hmm. easier. If you've been to Disney in the past... Well, since 9-11, when they started doing the bag checks, um, it goes so much faster. Yeah, now uh, it's great. Unless you're Cheryl and you happen to have a battery pack and a pair of glasses and yeah. an umbrella. and everybody's stuff, yeah. Right. Everybody else goes waltzing through. All right. Um, and lastly, Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World's Velocicoaster has been um, having its cars tested for the past week. Yeah, and uh, testing during the daytime. They had been testing at night after guests were out of the park. Okay. Um, but for the past uh, six, seven days, they've actually been doing daytime tests. Nice. And it's not a full daytime test because the cars never go over the largest hill. Oh. They get to the top of the largest hill. And then it coasts backwards to the starting point. Well, that's a little uh, disconcerting. It is. I hope they get that fixed yeah. by the time the ride opens. Because <laughs> they, don't, they don't trust that the car might not fall off if uh, it goes over the top. I'm not going on a ride for half a roller coaster ride. You're not going on the ride at all. I'm going on the ride. <laughs> all right. Do we have any closing words? No, not today. All right. So until Wednesday, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Beep, beep.